Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football and basketball this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, or any of the individual games that you can find, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring your own home league over to underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code 5RSN and you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's right. Use the promo code 5RSN and use a 100% deposit match up to $100. Underdogfantasy.com Sports betting season is in full force. You need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MY-BETUS. And you will receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code 5. That's the word 5, F-I-V-E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. This show is brought to you by Lewis Peters State Farm, agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry. Local agents that understand South Florida's unique market, you have access to them 24-7, walk-in, call-in, click-in through lewispeters.com. You can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on. Welcome to another edition of Three Yards Per Carry. Um, Chris Kaufman is here. Simon Clancy is not because it's very, very, very late. Um, you did not hear the fight song because they're two and seven and they're they're god awful. So you probably will not hear that fight song the rest of the year. Although if they lose enough, we can just turn it around. Miami Dolphins are number one pick. But it's not actually true because the Philadelphia Eagles would be number one pick. Yeah. Well, you thought that we would have, we wouldn't have anything to talk about. I think there's plenty to talk about. Um, what's this coach there, doing with? This is there really? No. Uh, we talking about our coach and our quarterback? Yeah, our 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 esteemed coach. I I don't. Well, no, I do know. Um. You know, the easy answer is the sh- the easy answer and true answer is yes uh, to his finger is broken, though. So, you know, it's not like they're making that up. Um, and they just I don't I have know, a little bit, a little bit of experience with that. Uh, I've broken yeah. my own fingers. My daughter just finished breaking theirs. Hers. Uh, they say Tua's uh, swelling has gone down on his finger. If it's still broken, it wouldn't have. He would have been. Yeah, be it was still swollen at game time last week, though. Yeah, but they're saying that the swelling has gone down, which suggests to me it's not broken. He probably dislocated a finger or something. Oh, they say they say there's a fracture. So, 
Okay, why isn't he, why isn't he in a cast? I don't, I don't know, man. I, I've had it. I mean, I've had it. So I've, I don't know. I've, I've had. Let's see. Um, I've had a finger injury like that, and I wasn't necessarily in a cast. So I, I don't know. Um, I also had a foot injury like that. I wasn't in a cast, uh, or you know, broken foot. I wasn't in a cast. So I don't know. Um, hard to say. It's hard, but I think I, this, I think, is, uh, this is suspicious to say the least. No. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they should just make that up, though. You know. You don't think they um, they'll um, they'll um, embellish it a little bit? No, I mean a fracture is a fracture. I mean, the, 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 they can't really say there's a fracture if there's no fracture. Um, it could be it could be a you know hairline fracture or small fracture or something like you know it was it was one of those things he didn't think he didn't think that it was you know broken or that there was a problem. And then they discovered it later, you know. Um, and uh, so I, I don't doubt that it is. I just think also, you know, he was warming up. He was throwing in the game before the game. You know, he was he was the backup. He wasn't inactive. Um, you know, clearly he could have played. Um, and, you know, what Tua said was just that his – his deep ball, like he, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't quite feel the best about it. And I don't know what the fuck that matters anyway, because nobody ever lets him throw deep and <laughs> certainly not the offensive line, certainly not the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, deep ball. yeah my yeah, favorite, what, my favorite was fucking deep ball. Yeah. My favorite was when they said, uh, uh, he couldn't make all the throws that they wanted him to make, but Jacoby yeah. percent can. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't get that. One of my favorite pastimes is, is re-watching a Jacoby Brissett game. What really? he manages to miss is... What the yeah, fuck it, kind of monster are you? Because it's fun. It's fun looking at something so miserable. Uh, what he manages uh, to miss is, is, is pretty striking. Yeah. He manages I mean, to miss a lot, okay? <laughs> He's he's slow decision making. He does miss things on the field. I mean, it's everybody misses some things on the field, and Tua misses things on the field. Um, you know what happens when yeah. you play when you play uh, when you play quarters, and then uh, for for whatever reason your safety th- your safeties think that you're playing cloud. You know what happens, right? You allow mm-hmm. a four three uh, wide receiver and Jalen Waddle to run right past you. Yep. And that happened. Um, he couldn't have been more wide open. And that was one of the few instances where the offensive line actually had good protection on that one play. And <laughs> Jacoby Brissett just stared at, holy shit, that's that's Waddle 15 yards past the defense. Yep. <laughs> and, of course, he didn't throw the ball. He threw it into, like, triple coverage. So, brilliant <laughs> coverage by the Texans to blow that coverage in a way where you had – Four people around Gasecki as the ball got thrown. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it is god awful. That's why I, after the show, after the game, I did the post game show and I gave a lot of credit to the Dolphin defense because I felt that they played two offenses. Because well, ours, yeah, ours was trying to give the Texans points at every single turn. 
and the defense, all they give up was three field goals. So you have to be pretty happy about that. And, of course, the curse of, of Tyrod Taylor is no more. Oh, but, God. What happened to him, by the way? He used to, he used to tear us up. He well, was ridiculously bad. Well, he was game. injured. Uh, he was injured this year. If you remember, he started the season off. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know if I buy that. I mean, Bio was just injured because he was he's making some really terrible decisions out there. And I mean, it was – I, I, I did not recognize him because this is a man that had, that had usually, you know, torn us up. Yeah, and he had he had he had a good start, if I'm correct. No, what start to the game? No, to the season. Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know how he did in that first game, but okay. uh, let it, me. It, uh... it wasn't it wasn't good in this game. That's for I mean this 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 was. I don't know that I've ever seen him play that badly, okay, and and he, this uh... is not a great quarterback. So like, it's not like, you know. Oh, he had played two games before this one. Are you ready for this? Uh, uh, and in the first game, he had 291 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 112 quarterback rating. Okay. Pretty pretty good, right? Pretty good. Pretty good. The second game, he was 10 of 11 for 125 yards, a touchdown, 144.3 quarterback rating. Well, that's uh, that's pretty 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 good. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets injured, and he comes back against the Dolphins, and it's 243 interceptions, 42 quarterback rating. So yeah, the, something happened to him. Yeah, he, he probably wasn't uh, as healthy, and our defense probably—I don't know—something got into him. I thought Jalen Phillips played really, really well. Javon yeah, Holland was good. He did. So it was a good Dolphin defensive performance. But as good as that Dolphin defense was on that day, that offense—I don't remember. I, has it ever been worse? I, I can't remember it with Kobe Brissett. Is this the worst offense you've ever seen in a Dolphin uniform? I think it is. Which no, I don't think so. Um, really? No. Uh, they can't run from here to there, Chris. Like they can't get a yard. They can't block anything. Uh, yeah, third and I mean, long is an adventure. We've seen some. We've seen some. You know. Hey man, we've seen some shit <laughs> with this offense. Uh, it's 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 close. I don't know. You, you, you get there's an argument to be made. I, I don't think it's as bad as um a, of an offense that we've seen. You know, I don't think it's as bad as you know the 2007 offense or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know it's it's pretty bad. I mean, it's very frustrating because it does not seem to be getting better. You know. No, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. The offensive line is getting worse. You know, we we talked about this after the very first game that they did this. They they shuffled up the left side of the line. You know, they moved Liam Eikenberg over. They moved Austin Jackson over to left guard. Everybody was singing their praises right after that first game. Oh, you know, I think we found our left side solution. You know, Brian Flores is like, I think we feel pretty good about that left side. I think, you know, Austin Jackson, he's he's good at left guard. I think, you know, this is this is working out. And like everybody, all the post games, you know, I, I watch the post games and everybody's talking about, oh yeah, they did good. And then they did, it was really solid and stuff like that. And well, we went, I, I, I watched, I watched the tape and I was just like, oh God. You know, that, that was, it was bad. It was really bad. It was like real, 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 real bad. And, um, and it got masked up a little bit. Um, 
and it was and and it has not gotten better if anything it's just it's getting worse um liam eichenberg said said told people like and and i had to listen when he said this because i had thought he i thought we should be putting him at left tackle you know like he was against new england um and but when he said no, actually I feel I feel more comfortable at right tackle. I feel more balanced there, you know, and like I'm not reaching all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he he said he was reaching a lot in college when he had to play left tackle, but at right he feels more balanced. He, he thinks it's more natural for him. I think we should have listened to the, to him because I think the Dolphins coaches should have listened to him because sure enough, right after he said that, they move him over to the left side, and he is worse. <laughs> Believe it or not, he is worse than Austin Jackson was. Yes, at, at left tackle, and, and and the poor guy. I mean, I feel for him. He's a rookie, and he's and he's been moved to three different positions all through the summer and the fall. And the fall, and I do absolutely feel worse, feel bad for him. But he is worse than Austin Jackson, and it's not getting better. It's it's getting if anything it's getting worse. Like maybe maybe at this point his confidence is starting to take a hit, and um and that's and you know so it's compounding. But but that I mean his his play at left tackle is unacceptable, just as Jesse Davis's play at right tackle is unacceptable. Except Liam is is much worse, and um and Austin Jackson is not good at left guard. You know I think Duke Mayweather was talking about this and he was. He was, he was saying that, you know, Austin Jackson has some issues at left tackle that he needs to work on and he needs good coaching in order to work on him. But he was talking about him at left guard. He's like, there's not any issues there. He's just not a left guard. There's nothing to work on. Like there's nothing, there's nothing to work with there. Um, he is, he is not a left guard. And, um, and I think that that, that still sticks out in my memory. So this solution, I remember when they when they went with this solution, I was really discouraged because I was hoping they were going to turn around this season. And it just seems at every turn, whenever they find one of these new solutions, to me, it's a very wrongheaded solution. And I'm like, well, this just delays the turnaround, you know, because they're going to have to find out on their own what they should have already known, which was that this is a bad fucking idea. And, and so, you know, I think that, I think that we're seeing that play out in the left side of the line. Unfortunately, it sounds like they're going to go with the same damn offensive line against the Baltimore Ravens, which could be a disaster um, on Thursday night. Uh, you know, this, because, and I say that because even though Flores was kind of coy about it, you know, oh, we might make changes on the offensive line, you know, we'll see, we'll see, you know, and, but, but I think, uh, Rob Hunt kind of confirmed that there have been no changes in the practice when they go to practice in the lineup, that first string offensive line. So I think they're going to do it one more time, give them one last bit, one last chance to prove that they are, in fact, the worst offensive line the Miami Dolphins have ever fielded in the franchise history. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, then blow it up again. And, and we'll see what solution they come up with next and whether it's also a wrongheaded solution. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this, 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 this shit with the offensive line is just, um, at this point it's inexcusable. It's just bad on bad compounded with bad and more bad. Yeah. And I think the only solution is just to, to buy your way out of it. Just, just get really good players that uh, get pros, get pros that stop with you. You're not going to draft and develop anybody on the offensive line. You've proven you can't do it. 
And even well, they, when you- they can, they can't, they can't operate. No NFL team can ever operate that way. And this is, listen, if you, if you start, okay, we don't, we don't believe that we can develop guys. Well, then you, you better go fire the people that are in charge of developing them and then hire people that you think you can no NFL team, no personnel department operates on the basis of, well, we suck. So what's the point? Um, you know, so I, I think that, I think that, they have to draft solutions for the, you can't, I don't think you can just buy everything on the offensive line. I think they have to draft solutions, um, long-term solutions to the problem. I think that if they, if they get a crack at, you know, a Charles cross out of Mississippi state, then they, they need to jump on that shit, you know? Uh, and I think that, um, they shouldn't, you know, they shouldn't, stop taking a look at like the Tyler Linderbaums of the, of the world or, or, or Charles cross, or, you know, if they're picking high enough, Evan Neal or Charles, I'm still a little bit between Evan Neal and Charles cross, honestly, for OT number one. And I know some people are just going to be like, Oh, that's crazy. But you know, it should be Evan Neal, but like I, Charles cross is that good. Um, so, but anyway, you, you, absolutely. You have to, you have to be able to draft that, that sort of talent and, and, and put it out there. And if you don't have confidence that you can develop the guys, then y'all need to be fired. Um, because, because that's your job. And, and if you're, you're just saying, I can't do my job. So I have to do my job a a different kind of way because I can't really do my job. Well, then we're going to, we're going to put you out on the street and get somebody that, uh, that can do the job. And, um, and I, I just, you can't, how are you going to get a left tackle on free agent? When are the when are those one of those type guys ever make it a free agency? You know, uh, even right tackles, even a genu- genuine yeah, bona fide like right tackle. Dolphins Who? signed one, Brandon Albert. Yeah, that was uh, that that did happen. It, it happens once in a blue moon. Um, if if I recall, by the time they got him, he was old, injured, and and soon to be out. Yeah, he had a, he had one good season. For the Dolphins, uh, and then he was, he was on the way out, and and then he just played one more year and retired. Rode off, rode off into the sunset. Um, you know, and that that yeah, you can maybe find that if you're lucky, and maybe he plays an all right year for you before he rides off into the sunset. But I, I think I think generally speaking, you got a left, a left tackle worth his salt is not going to actually make it on the market, and if he does then you better be a little bit skeptical. You know, what's the catch? There's a catch. What is it? Um, and, uh, and, and the same is the same ends up really true of right tackles as well. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you can count on, on, on that. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of uh, um, fool's gold out there when you try and, and just replace with all these other people teams. I'm not saying you can't get good players from free agency and they need to, but, um, but you certainly can't shut off. You can't shut off the draft. I think that still needs to be the, the big part of the solution here. Yeah. That I, there, there could be some opportunities. Uh, Orlando Brown is at an impasse and negotiating a new contract with the chiefs. Also, also been awful this year. Uh, yeah, but, you know, sometimes you have to take a swing, right? You know, and I don't think that's a terrible swing with Orlando Brown. And um, Teron Armstead might make it as well to free agency. And those are two pretty damn good players. But No, uh, I mean, well, Orlando Brown is not necessarily a pretty damn good player. He is playing bad, poor, poorly this year. 
I mean, it's, it's um, he, he went from one team where he was successful, right? I mean, tell me if you've heard this story uh, one or, or a thousand times before. Um, you know, he goes from one team where he was successful, he goes into a different situation and he's playing poorly. You know, and, and now you're going to take him into a different situation and hope that what that he that, that we we hit the magic. We we hit all the tumblers just right. And he, and he plays like he uh, like he used to before. Um, you know, that's this is this is the this is the the challenge with other people's players as uh, you, you get guys. It's, it's just like the draft. I mean, people, it is every bit as risky. People don't understand. Every, it is every bit as risky acquiring other people's players and free agency it is every bit as risky as drafting somebody in, um, in the NFL draft. Yeah. Like and you draft work. somebody in the NFL draft, you just roll the dice. This guy might be good. This might be terrible. It's just as risky getting, getting some other team's player. Yeah. And Kansas City got a lot of praise with how they – "Quote unquote," rebuild that offensive line. First of all, the quarterback uh, Patrick Mahomes is not having a great season. Like, no, he's not. You know what? You know what's happened things. to him? He's lost the trust. He's he's lost trust in his offensive line. He is playing exactly like he used to at Texas Tech when he was running for his life. All of like he he didn't need, he didn't know have the first goddamn clue about how to work a pocket at Texas Tech, right? Like mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't know. And, and the reason, most of the reason is because he never had a pocket to work. I mean, that, that offensive line was poor. Um, it, you know, it was, they had, they worked with the wide splits. And so that, that comes with its own problems, but um, you know, the, the talent was poor. I mean, I, I looked at the, the man, yeah, I tried to, I try to, I do this thing with the, you know, the timing throws and, you know, the stuff like that. And, um, and you're always looking throw selection is, is such a huge part of that. And so you're looking for these really sort of standard looking throws um, where a guy, you know, is able to, is able to set up, step into the throw you know that because because otherwise if you're if he's going off platform is he running while he's throwing it and stuff like that it's not very standard and it's not very comparable to to other guys and but anyway um you know you can go through i, I went through like a hundred some odd throws of patrick mahomes and i just can't find a single goddamn throw that i could that i could you know isolate and say okay here's a standard looking setup and throw and the reason is because he never had a pocket whatsoever at texas tech and so he was always moving around he didn't have any trust whatsoever in the offensive line he was playing playground ball all over the place he's doing that with the chiefs right now it's because he's lost the he's lost trust in his offensive line and once you lose trust in the offensive line i think it's hard to get it back because his brain is telling him to do these things again and yeah. um and and I, I think you know getting guys like Orlando Brown who aren't really playing up to snuff. Um, Lucas Niang, Lucas Niang hasn't been all that great either. Uh, yeah, not 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 wonderful, but um you know I just, I just think Tony I don't know. And, I, and Creed Humphrey have been really really good. Those Creed Humphrey's guys. been really phenomenal. I mean, and Joe yeah, Tooney is. Who would have thought? But, who would have thought that? Right, that Creed Humphrey right, would be in but I mean, and and here's again. So so we're gonna shut off the possibility of getting like a Tyler Linderbaum. You know, Creed Humphrey's already amazing. He he came in. He came in. He's one of the best centers in the league already. Yes. And uh, and you know his first year. And and we you know obviously we knew that was gonna be the case. But but yeah. um but yeah. So we we can't shut off the possibility of getting a Tyler Linderbaum. Um, 
And I, you know, with Orlando Brown, I kind of, I just kind of have my, I don't know. I have my concerns about his overall, his size, his lack of mobility. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's, to me, I, the Dolphins need to go in a different direction. I am sick and tired of this. You know how we say, like, every time the Dolphins are um, are interested in alignment, and I joke around, I say, well, they certainly have a type. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking tired of that type. Okay? I'm sick of it. I don't want to see it anymore. You know? And, and, and that's... Getting off on it, or I'm getting off on a rant here. Um, I, you know, that's to me like getting Orlando Brown to play left tackle for you, and and you know, I I do appreciate him as a player probably more than I'm letting on right now. But I, it's it's just yeah, they'll, they'll this right up our alley, you know, the, with what they like. But that's the problem. That's the <laughs> fucking problem. Your alley's the wrong alley. Yes. Now here's another problem. Okay. A season was played last year, so after a season is played, you tend to look at okay, what you know, what did the team do over sixteen games? What was the sample? And I was just dumbfounded as I was rewatching that Houston game. I was I was dumbfounded because it was everything. It, the run blocking was god awful. Forget about pass blocking; they did no pass blocking. That was just you know, uh, Jacoby Brissett. Even though Jacoby Brissett does hold it more than he should. He does. And and it's mostly, you know, a lot of the sacks are his fault. He was he was he was under siege in that game. Okay. Yeah. That offensive yeah, line. Was. That was a that was a disgraceful performance against the Texans. Was it the worst we've seen this year? Uh no, the Bills game was the worst. Yeah, the Bills game, the first Bills game first I want to say is the worst. It was the worst performance yeah. of the year, I would say. But it's up there. It was up there. Yeah. Um, let me see what else. So what was another bad one? Actually, they were okay against Tampa Bay, right? <laughs> Which is weird, right? And they yeah, were they were yeah. fine, uh, fine against Jacksonville. And uh, isn't that the one? Isn't the Tampa game the first one where they, you know, they they tried out the new left side? Yeah, I believe so. And and, and I, th- I thought I thought issues got one way or another got kind of masked a little bit. And yeah, um, in that game, I mean, there were clearly issues there. I went back and watched the tape. It was not good. Um, Liam Eikenberg at left tackle, Austin Jackson left guard, big issues there. Um, PFF for whatever reason created them well. <laughs> I don't want uh, to talk about PFF yeah. anymore. When well, it comes I mean, to it's alignment. I, you know, when you go into a wider sample and you're like looking at, you know, not just one game of a player, but like you know, a, a handful of games, a full season of games, multiple seasons of games. I do think that over a wide sample, they they tend to they tend to get closer to the to the mark, um, but when we're talking about an individual game and it's like you see a grade and you're like, really? <laughs> and, and that happens. yeah, sometimes I see a grade and I and, and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, I, I'm I'm not watching the same thing. Then I got to rewatch this, yeah. and I rewatch it. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, fill me in here. What is it that you're seeing that you like? Yeah, I you know. know? Uh, another thing, um, Austin Reader keeps uh, grading poorly. I, I, I'm watching Austin Reader. Mm. Fine, he looks fine to me. Like he's an above average center in the NFL. He can play center in the a, NFL. I, he can play center. I don't think he's an above average center. You, I mean, you I love. Think, you, listen, I love Austin. I, I, I know Austin. Right? You don't, <laughs> I, you, don't I, I, Ted, you don't think he's in the Ted Karras class? 
I is Ted. When did Ted Karras become an above average center in the NFL? Uh, he was. He was. He wasn't bad last year for the Dolphins. Well, just because you're not bent, just because you don't necessarily get benched, doesn't mean you're above average center. Uh, I. I don't think. I don't think Austin. Listen, I. I like Austin Ryder. I knew him in college. Um. We. We talked. You know, when he was heading into the draft, I. You know, I went. I, I did. I even did. I think. Uh, um. I was in a. Uh, like a, a private box uh for a game i forget like a hockey game with him one time and um and i used to talk to him i used to tweet back and forth with him maybe um or dm back and forth with him a little bit i like austin Ryder, um but i don't think at this point in his career that he's an above average center in the nfl i think that you know he's he's somewhere in between should be starting or should be your backup mm. um and uh and and he's playing like it fortunate no unfortunately a guy at that level is probably the best man on our line Mm. like the guy that's like you know somewhere in between should he be starting and should he be backing up might just be the best damn person on our offensive line you know and and that's the that's the sad part and i'm i'm including rob hunt on that because i'm i'm sick of making excuses for him because this is supposed to be one of our longer term cogs and solutions at right guard. And I'm sick of just, uh, you know, going another game, yet another game. And he he ain't playing like that. That's not how he played, you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm just sick of it. I'm like, when, when are you going to, when are you going to show up that you're awful in most of your games? You know, and, and you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be the one guy that we sit here and say, well, you know, he might start on other teams. You know what? No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. I'm not sure what other team in the NFL he starts on right now. So I, anyway. Yeah. But before we, we got into that, I, I said they played a season in 2020 where they won 10 games. So after watching that offensive line's performance, I, I decided, you know what, I, I got to let me rever- try to reverse engineer this thing and see, you know, where we were and where we are. And I was surprised at these numbers for the offensive line from last year. And I have several questions about them. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were 18th in sacks given up with 34. Okay. They gave up 36 hurries which was the fourth fewest in the NFL. They gave up 46 quarterback hits, the 10th fewest in the NFL. 116 pressures, eighth fewest in the NFL. An 18.5% pressure rate for the seventh best rate in the NFL, Mm -hmm. meaning seventh lowest. You look at that, that looks like an above average or average offensive line. They decided they were going to try to improve that as they should, because that's not nowhere elite. That is kind of average, I would say. Slightly above average, if that, but more, more likely than not average. So you got to try to improve it. You know, they're dead last in every single one of those categories. They've actually made an average line the worst in the NFL. How impressive is that? How did they do that? How did this happen? Um, so I don't think that they, I don't think that they were a good line last year. I would, I would disagree with that assessment. Um, 
I think that there were some issues that were masked well uh, last year, um, you know, both situationally and, and honestly, here's, this is the, a, 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 a parallel to your question. Let's run a parallel to your question. We all had some misgivings with Chan Gailey last year. Mm-hmm. Definitely, right? I mean, yeah. all of Dolphin Dumb was like, oh, he's too old. He got to retire, you know, and, and I get it. How did we go from having sort of an average-ish to below average-ish offensive coordinator to even destroying that little bit of value and having <laughs> just really awful at – you know, most of the time play calling and play design and game plans. Like, so, so even for as uh, the issues that Chan Gailey had, and he did have issues, particularly like he didn't want Tua to be the starter and he clearly didn't know what to do about a Tua with Tonga Vailoa. Um, you know, he was, he was better than what we were. We're sitting here today. Like I God, I wish we had him back. And, and that's, that's the truth. That's, it's a sad truth, but it's a truth. And, um, and I think that, uh, I think that he helped, he helped mask. I think some other elements on the team helped mask some of the issues. I don't think they were that good. The offensive line. Um, you know, that's just my, my personal opinion, but, well, uh, how did they, how did they destroy it? Well, I'll tell you how they destroyed Liam Eikenberg is the worst left tackle. Maybe we've seen, um, you know, I'm going back to like, you know, Spencer Falau and, and, st- uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, and Austin Jackson is probably also the worst left tackle that we've seen. Um, but you know, isn't as bad as Liam Eikenberg. So they, they actually, they actually down- managed as bad as left tackle was, they somehow managed to downgrade it. They found the answer to how can this get worse, which is wow. Um, and and then you know also how can we get worse at left guard how you know we left guard was not that great but how can we get worse wow we found that answer um and then you know with uh with jesse davis at right tackle okay well we had robert hunt last year at right tackle he wasn't great he wasn't awful but he wasn't great how can we how can we get worse well we found that answer too you know, let's, let's stick with, let's put Jesse Davis in there and let's stick with them, you know? Um, and then, and then you have Robert Hunt at, uh, at right guard, just kind of floundering around and, and, you know, almost doesn't seem like even right guard is his position now. Um, and, uh, and so that, that's the answer to how we could get worse, but it, it's worse off of bad. <laughs> You know, and 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 which is how you get the worst offensive line we've maybe ever seen in the Dolphins franchise history. Yeah, but they, you know, they managed to to do that in one offseason. Every move that they made, every single acquisition, every single move they made has actually gone 180 degrees the wrong way. Everything has not worked out. Everything that could go wrong actually did go wrong. And I think part of the problem. Yeah, I think it really is Chan Gailey. And it definitely is in the running game. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Because one thing that Chan Gailey brought, and I talked about it all offseason last year before the season. I talked about it in preseason. Then I talked about it during the season when I was doing my yard work series. And you would you would see the you know the the run calls that he would make. That 
his running game is as good as there is in the NFL. And I'll tell you why. I think it involves offensive linemen. I think it keeps them involved. When you ask them to do a lot of double teams and a lot of stuff is like point of attack type of stuff where you're just creating wedges to try to guarantee yourself mm-hmm. three, four yards. And then, you know, have your quarterback, I mean, have your running back try to get you the rest. I think that involves offensive linemen. I think it masks them. I think it helps them. Mm-hmm. When you ask them to zone block, it just, you know, you, you're you essentially exposing them and exposing your running backs as well. Well, but it goes back to the type, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. we, we talk about this every time, like, oh, they're interested in so-and-so. God damn, they have a type, you know? Um, is that type zone players? No. No. No, not even fucking close. Like, way out of the area code for, area code for zone players. And, and yeah, you know, this is what we're going to do. And that's what they're going to call. And, and it's, it's maddening. It's fucking it, maddening. What are, what are you doing? Like, what are you, it, it's, it really is mind boggling how coaches that have forgotten more football than you or I will ever know. Mm-hmm. And this is true. Could make these choices. There's a difference between knowledgeable and wise. They are not wise. You know, and I, uh, I don't know how they can go through the experience of last year where they had a game where they ran for 250 yards against the, the, the Patriots. They had a lot of games where their running game wasn't, you know, we're not talking Walter Payton and Ricky Williams here. Okay. But adequate, let's just call it adequate. Uh, this year it's non-existent. It just doesn't exist. It does not matter. It's not in the elemental charts. Okay. It's like, you know, it's, it doesn't exist. <laughs> All right. It's yeah. it's dust. Okay. There is no running game. There's no running game to talk about or speak of this year. Last mm-hmm. year you had something that kind of looked like a running game that every once in a while showed up to have a big game. Okay. They had three yeah, it was like the rotation, the rotation thing, like suddenly, like you know, Savan Ahmed would have a great game or something. And yeah, or you know, Miles Gaskin have a great game, or you know, it was like like somebody a little bit different. It, it wasn't often. But it was still like you had that you had that sort of round robin thing. Yeah, and it, and it, and they were successful running the ball against the Chargers, against the Patriots. Those were for wins, and that's you know that's not there's nothing to sneeze at. That's you know that's nothing to sneeze at. That's you know that's good stuff. It got you wins. It got you into the playoff hunt. I don't know how they could do that. They could look at what they did last year: call leads, call counters, call wham blocks, call you know um, uh, you know called. Um, you know, the cross bucks that they, they, they were calling last year, mm-hmm. do all of that stuff, all that creative run running. Okay. All those creative run calls have some kind of success. Then you get into nine games of this year where, you know, all your, your run calls are essentially the same shit, two or three mm-hmm. calls, right? You get nothing and you decide, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the changes that we made are they're good. Like, you know, we're going to keep doing this. No, I would have I would have kept my offensive linemen involved. It gives them confidence when they're running very very simple stuff that they've run since high school. Okay, these guys are not zone blockers. They can't do it. Period. And your running backs are not good at it. So you know, the the first thing they're going to have to do in the off season is just 
an, an absolute rebuild of that running game. Go get a top running back. Obviously, they got to revamp the entire offensive line, but a new playbook has to come in. And the playbook has to be well. That's little, the point. A little simpler, more Chan Gailey oriented as far as the run playbook. Well, I mean, that's the thing because I happen to think that if we're gonna if we're gonna have a shot if we're gonna have a shot with Tua, um, you know, I, I tend to think I tend to think that we actually need uh, to be able to install an offense that's that's more similar to um, to like you know the Kyle Shanahan offshoots. Uh, and I, I think that that's that's part of how you get a, a strong run game. Anyway, I think I think so. The offensive line is is just all trash at this point. Almost all trash. Not yeah. not all trash, but almost all trash. Um, so what do you do? Like if you're if you're kind of mostly starting over there. Well, there's certain pieces you get, that you, you can get upgrade. to decide. You get yeah. to make a decide decision though about what image is your is your image for an offensive lineman like how do i make this cohesive like how do i make this a cohesive vision with the offense that i want to run you know and 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 i just keep coming back to that answer of getting guys that you know that can move laterally that um you know that can hit the reach blocks and uh and and running zone and and you know like the zone thing i, I remember mike martz said this and he's like you know the thing about that zone is you 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 do uh, you you do have to be repetitive with it you have to run it over and over because that's that's how they get good at it and mm-hmm. once they're good at it it's fucking phenomenal you know and um and i think that you get the line you can't get these pudgy bitches that the dolphins keep getting on the offensive lineman forgive my language I'm not, i don't mean to call them bitches they're actually big burly men who can beat the fuck out of me but um but i mean i they're these these really big hulking dudes that can't really move um on the and then just run the zone over and over you can't do that so so what do you do instead well i i believe that you know let's come up with some solutions i believe that yes charles cross would be an excellent fit um, in sort of a remake of the offensive line uh, in, into something that could execute the kinds of things that they're asking that they're trying to execute. I think that he's a, he's a good, um, you know, Teron Armstead has a, you mentioned him before uh, if he does make it to market and yeah, I would be a little bit buyer beware on him, but at the same time, you know, he's got some mobility and like, you know, I, I think that um, I think that you could, you could think about that. You could you could really take to it and start to, you know, figure out some of those guys that could uh, that could fit that approach. But you're and right about th- that that body type that uh <laughs> that they like their type. You know. Oh, they have a type, man. Yeah, totally. And you know, uh, of course, you know, in the in the COVID era, they keep you pretty far away from the players. But there was a there was once upon a time where I could like roam the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And in camp, do you remember that one time I sent you a picture of Larry Tunsil standing right next to Jawan James? Remember? <laughs> yeah. And I, I said, Jesus Christ, does this look like a left tackle and a right tackle or what? <laughs> you know, big, long, tall, strong, fit athletes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Uh, these guys don't look that way. No, they're not. They're not. They're not that way. <laughs> you know, they're, except they're for look- except for well, you know, it's it's a bunch of uh, the guy that they cut your your boy um, that you really liked. Uh, DJ Fluker. 
Yeah, DJ Fluker. Uh, it's a bunch of DJ Fluker, except Fluker was even was more fit because he was on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> so allegedly. Um, Allegedly. Oh no, it's not well, allegedly. He got popped. It's yeah. not. No, it's not. That's not an alleged yeah. anymore. That's, that's yeah, not yeah, allegation. Right. Yeah, he's just hot. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. That's uh, that's. That but wait, man, is he uh, up suspension? Can can we get him back here? <laughs> uh yeah, but he signed elsewhere. Like, he did. I, I think so. I believe he did. Oh, good for him. <laughs> um, you know, and and some of these like going through the the list of guards that are available, for example, um, interior linemen, um. You know, like Will Hernandez doesn't really fit what I'm talking about, trying to get in, get into more of a um, mobile zone, you know, types. But yeah, uh, no, Will is, Hernandez looks like a like a, a strip club yeah, bouncer. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a tank. Um, but uh, you know, there's who who else do we have here? Um, John Miller, he can play. Try Turner, uh, Trey Turner. He can yeah, play. that's a nice one right there. Uh, you know, uh, let's see. Can Austin Blythe play? No, not really. Um, Mark Glowinski can play. You know, he's yes, he he's can. a um, he's a. But you know, there's another thing is uh, the way the Dolphins do and and free agency under Chris Greer is they have that whole age thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like they won't look at anybody over the age of like 28 years old or something like that, and um, and that really Which cuts is kind you of off. Stupid. Well, yeah, I mean, it really cuts you off, though, because then you're like, well, we're going to get, I guess we're going to get, you know, Jermaine Illuminor or something, you know, Um, and uh, who, by the way, is playing much better now that he's not with us than he was. Yeah, you know, what? actually, the, I, I, I take that I take I take that back because anybody who watched him in the preseason and watched that second string offensive line in the preseason came away impressed with how that second string, for the most part, impressed with how that second string offensive line played against the second, third string defenses that they played in the preseason, including mm-hmm. Illuminor, uh, who played well in the preseason. He played well in the preseason. They let him go for whatever reason. They let him yeah, go. Usually, when he, you have a, a crappy offensive line and you cut guys those guys just you know just wither right. away into the ether you sure. know, nobody ever sees them again all our guys well, got picked up immediately and got started on other lines this, because the second string offensive line was better than the first string offensive line shit Skura, you up. watch Matt Skura watch is starting at center fucking, for the Giants yeah. Watch every single fucking preseason game again and watch the first string offensive line and then watch the second string offensive line. And there is not, it's not even, this is not up for debate. I'm not going to debate this with anybody. Okay. The second string offensive line was better. They performed better. Now you can say, oh, they're facing so and so and so and so and so and so. And these guys are all, you know, bottom depth chart players. And, you know, I get it. I get it. But the fact of the matter is on the field, they looked better um and and we cut a bunch of them and and then oh okay so they're playing better with other teams so they were just better yes <laughs> you know yeah and, and they didn't just like you know float around and then found their way onto practice squads and then got elevated because teams had injuries no those guys got plucked as soon as we we cut them mm-hmm. and they were started immediately like those yep. the, like teams said okay this guy's better than our guy at right guard this guy like, is better than our. Could guy you imagine the conversation on those other teams? Like, like, seriously, their offensive line sucks so bad. How how did they let 
how did they let the one guy who can play go? You know, like, yes. like that's the, that's the, I mean, uh, some of those teams must be having exactly that conversation. Cause I happen to know, um, you know, and Simon can test this as well that uh, in, you know, the private conversations that uh, the NFL per- people have with one another, you know, we are, we are absolutely from a personnel standpoint, our, our offensive line decisions are a, a matter of laughing a laughing matter for yes. other NFL it's almost it's, it's almost people. uh it's almost a matter of national security at this point they like, <laughs> they are loling and lmaoing all over the fucking place um, yeah the other day i watched the giants game and and they mentioned matt skura because matt skura got some type of block or something he, like he he ran somebody over you know completely flattened somebody so you know they have to have something to say about him and they and they dropped the line and I'm watching this, and they go, Matt Skura, you know, a year ago was being talked about as a four-year, $44 million center, you know. And the, and the Giants got him, you know, off of, off of waivers from the Miami Dolphins. And I'm looking at that, and I'm staring at the screen. I'm like, yep, yeah, I used that line on the, on the, on the podcast. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, he could have been good. You know, he was really they good hated at one him. point. They hate it. For whatever reason, you could tell from the start they hated him. Yeah, they hated him from day one. You know, from he never took. You know, you know, he he never took a, a first team snap ever. Yeah, yeah, I mean, seriously, like they hated him from day one. I don't know why. I don't. I really don't. Yeah, but they they seriously. It's sort of like you know how you could tell right off the bat how they um. Oh, is Solomon Kinley still on the team? Yes, that's that's. What I was going to oh, ask you is. about him right now. Crazy, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yes. Solomon they Kinley. Him Solom- they they hated him right off the bat. And, and I will admit, though, after the first couple of games, you're like, well, I can kind of see why, because he was legitimately bad. Um, is he better than Austin Jackson? Yes. Yeah, I kind of think he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, he's not that bad. <laughs> he's bad. He's not that bad. Um, somehow, somehow they found a solution to the offensive line problem that was even worse than the original problem. But um, – but yeah, so you could you could certainly make an argument we'd be better off right now with an Austin Jackson, Solomon Kinley left side than we are with a Liam Eikenberg, Austin Jackson left side. Yeah, like, uh, but you know, just to close this out um, and move on to the Ravens very briefly, Liam Eikenberg, where's his future? Left guard, right tackle? What do you think? You know, I'm questioning that because you, are you starting to think? Because uh, the clock's ticking on me for uh, Austin Jackson. I think Austin Jackson, I bring in, I like, look, um, if I'm Steven Ross, man, I got more money than God. Just yeah. go get an honest-to-goodness expert at offensive line play. Yeah, you know, Build a committee if you have to, okay? If you have <laughs> enough money, it's Miami, okay? A lot of these older guys that are retired now, that have built great offensive lines or coached great offensive lines. They love to come down here and go fishing with Jimmy Johnson or whatever. Okay. So you could set them up, put together a, a committee. All right. To mm-hmm. figure this out with Austin Jackson in the off season. And if they tell you, look, there's nothing there, you know, cut bait with him. Cause I'm, I'm about done with Austin Jackson. You know, I, I, I don't want to give him a second contract, but I, I don't mind keeping him on if he's going to be like a, um, you know, if he's going to be like a swing tackle backup or something like that. Uh, I'm not saying he's worthy of that because, you know, maybe he's not and he just needs to be off the roster. But um, I'll tell you, his play at left guard and Liam Eichen's play, Eichenberg's play at left tackle makes me rethink and wonder if, you know, especially when somebody like Duke Mayweather is really respectable 
is like you know he's still kind of sanguine on um on on austin jackson and you know when a when duke is not ready to cut you know cut the cord there then um then i wonder i wonder but um so and 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 i wouldn't be in a hurry to cut a guy who's still on the rookie deal anyway um but as for you know hiring experts and you know i'm all for it they got it they they have to get people who know what the fuck they're doing at that position and steve ross is probably going to want to hire some he loves consultants so um You know, I, I, I suspect that they're going to do something exactly like that. The question that comes back to Liam Eikenberg, though, and I am questioning now, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, if like you, I originally thought after the New England game, I was like, oh, he should be playing left tackle like he did at Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, he's, that's that should be um, when I went back and looked at some of the right tackle work he did. It was a little bit better than than I initially thought. And then I heard him talk about, you know, how he feel, how much better he feels at right tackle as opposed to left. And I think I know everybody, you know, with fair reason, you know, thought maybe he was just covering up for his teammate, Austin Jackson. But when he said that Austin Jackson, that he's pretty sure Austin Jackson plays left tackle better than he could. You know what? He was right. <laughs> he was he was actually oddly and coincidentally or conspicuously he was correct um and and so i wonder about that you know i wonder what he would be looking like if if he was allowed to work on the right side more but honestly he's so bad and i understand he's just a rookie and, and he's been moved all around and it's really unfair but um so bad that it makes me wonder if those people that were like, no, he needs to be moved inside to left guard. I wonder if they were right all along. Mm-hmm. So, and you know what? I'm right there with you. I think I've seen enough. You know, I, I'd hate to be one of these people because I always preach patience, especially with young, yeah, players, you know, right. But you know, I'm, I, I'm afraid that, yeah, I'm kind of done. I'm done with uh, Liam Eikenberg as a left tackle. Uh, I said this on Twitter, and and I really do believe this. We don't have a tackle on the roster, Chris. Right, that's correct. There are no tackles on this roster. Yeah. They're oh, it's, guards, it's, it's probably the most. It's probably the most abysmal tackle situation that I've seen the Dolphins ever have. <laughs> I mean, Jesse Davis. Jesse, you know, we talked about the. I, I mentioned something on Twitter about the Tyson Claybo line. Mm-hmm. Um which I would take that offensive line that even with Tyson Claybo, that whole offensive line all day over this one. Um, and I think that Jesse Davis is worse than Tyson Claybo at right tackle. You know, I think, I think he is, I think, and he is consistently. So he's consistently worse than Tyson Claybo ever was for the Miami dolphins. Um, and I think that Austin Jackson and Liam Eikenberg, that two-headed beast, is the the worst left tackle I've ever seen, and for the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. together, even worse than somehow even worse than Julian Davenport, who started some left tackle games for us, mm-hmm. um, who was also flat awful, um, you know. And and I think that uh, yeah, so there's the tackle situation is as bad as it gets, and that's why I bring up somebody like a Charles Cross because it's like we need to throw some resources at this, get an immediate gain off of it because right now it's just, it, it is truly embarrassing, abysmal. By the way, did you agree with me that the line that I posted on Twitter, that was the, the last elite 
Dolphin offensive line. Were you talk? Was that the 2009 line? Yeah, Justin uh, Smiley it's, and it's uh, Jake, and Jake Long, Jake Justin Grove, Smiley, Jake Grove, Jake Grove Donald Thomas, yeah. Vernon Carey. Yeah, the last the last time that they were they were I I, I don't even I struggle with calling them elite um, even even back then, but uh, but that was the and last three hundred yards last... against the number one defense. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, I, I remember what they did with the with the Wildcat and everything, um, and still we're doing it in two thousand nine. Um, they were the last good offensive line that Miami had. Genuinely good offensive Well, the line. Unicorns, but the Unicorns only played, what, six games total? I think they played four games together or something like that. Ugh. And they averaged – I know that they had the, the incredible numbers. Like, they, they averaged the 100 quarterback rating and over 200 yards rushing in those four games that they were together. Yeah, I mean, they had, they had some great numbers, but it was, it was a few games, and sometimes you just hit on a few games. I mean, overall, it just – you know, didn't come together that year. They were never healthy. Um, never healthy together. So I think, yeah, I think the last good offensive lineman, uh, offensive line total that Miami had was in 2009. And it's not a history. If you look at the 16 year, the last 16 years of, um, of offensive line work that the Dolphins have had, um, you know, on pro football focus and their grades and their metrics and everything like that, it's, it is 16 years of shit, absolute shit with, one two to three year stretch stuck in the middle of it that was that was good and that two to three year stretch is when bill parcells came to miami along with tony sperano and i i should mention jeff ireland but jeff ireland was not i mean it's been it's pretty well documented at this point um that jeff ireland was not in charge you know as much as bill parcells of those those personnel moves um, in 2008, 2009, it was when Bill Parcells took a step back in 2010, um, and then later quit at the end of the year. Um, you know, that's, that's when Jeff Ireland really started to have more of the authority there, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's no coincidence that the, you know, um, you know, the one, the one little bit of green in the sea of red is, um, is when Bill Parcells and Tony Sperano took over and those guys knew how to build a fucking offensive line. Although let's and, be fair. Let's be fair. How did they build that offensive line? Well, Jake Long was a, a can't miss first overall draft pick. Yeah. Justin Smiley was an expensive left guard prospect. They paid. They paid top dollar for Jake Grove. They did. And they then, paid for. They paid for both guys. Yeah. And then Vernon Carey was a first round pick. So you're talking about two first round picks, two expensive guys, and Donald Thomas. <laughs> so but I Donald, mean, well, Donald, Donald Thomas was the only guy that they, they hit on. Found. They hit on a late. Yeah, they hit on a late round guy. But um, but so but the here's the thing about that, you know, they knew they had Vernon Carey, right? Yeah. But they knew they knew to keep him. You know, how much, how much have we seen where it's just like, you know, they don't know who to keep, you know, we've seen guys go off to play somewhere else and it's like, oh, (laughs) you know, and by the way, on that 2008 line, which was pretty goddamn good, you know, EK and Duque was, you know, an 850 snaps guy on that line, you know, uh, Andy Alleman was a 400 snaps guy on that offensive line. Samson Satelle was <laughs> Samson Satelle was the center on that 2008 yeah. line. And they okay. decided he wasn't good enough and 
Oddly enough, Samson Tully was pretty good with the Raiders after he left here. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, like, you know, they, they got good offensive line play with holdovers. They know who to help hold over, who to keep around. Um, and they, they knew who to acquire, who to sign. They signed Justin Smiley. That was the big, that was the big free agent signing. They kept Vernon Carey. And, uh, initially they kept Sanson Satelle. uh, Ekan Duque was, um, I don't think he was a holdover. I think he was sort of a, a like a, um, like, yeah, he was, he was like a, a little nothing acquisition, you know, that, that the kind that slides in the radar that you think is, is nothing. And then, then he plays and Andy Alleman, I believe was the same way. Um, there was, there was, uh, I don't know. There was just an, a competence in the decision-making Yes, from a personnel standpoint that hasn't been there pretty much at any other point in the Dolphins history over the period. Um, and is, and is just starkly opposite right now uh really really starkly opposite like they they don't know who to sign they don't know who to pay they don't know who to cut and they don't know who to trade for and they don't know who to trade away <laughs> other than that they're great <laughs> yeah other than that other than that how's the play mrs lincoln yeah all right they're playing the ravens on thursday and let's start here you think two plays no i i well um Flores says it's 50-50. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm, going to, I'm not going to think he's he's completely lying to me. I think he is. <laughs> okay. Well, he says that he's 50-50 and that he was throwing on the side and it looked good. He had, Well, that was his quote. He looked good today. That, that's what Flores said. Okay. But he's likely mm-hmm. going to be a game-time decision on Thursday, which, you know, it's not like Will Fuller's injury because Will Fuller's already been, uh, you know, he's been ruled out because yeah, that right. injury. Evidently, look, just amputate the goddamn thing, okay? Because evidently you never play. I don't think he wants to play football. Just let him retire. Yeah, just retire. Re- retire. Uh, Will Fuller, just retire. You had a great season last year. You can always hang your hat on. Right. You were elite in 2020. He went out. He went on on top production-wise. Like, he had a great year uh his last year and uh and he got paid he got yeah. paid really well this year yeah so, so you know this is paid. a nice little payday it, man a good going away present you know you can pay off your mortgage most most players set up a retirement account maybe open up a business open a convenience store or something like that right or sure. pie business maybe a you know? maybe a series or maybe a, you know a couple of them. yeah and, and best oh, you know and buy a with... couple of buy a couple of papa john's stores <laughs> Yeah, invest in some NFTs. You know what I mean? Some crypto. Oh, definitely. If he invested in some NFTs and some bricks, man, he'd be a he'd be a million. Well, he's already a millionaire. But you have to sit down with me and explain to me how how you're getting rich off of off of selling uh, pixelated bricks. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Buying buying pixelated bricks and then later selling. Yeah, I got to figure that out. (laughs) I got I got to figure that part of. Don't worry. Don't worry. I don't know how I do it either. <laughs> All right, because I do look at some things. I'm like, oh, that's beautiful art. How much do they want for this fucking thing? Eight hundred bucks. And then I see later on, oh wait a minute, this thing sold for six hundred, so it actually lost money. <laughs> oh, uh, and then this this thing that is just like looks like Nintendo graphics just sold for seventeen thousand dollars. Yeah, oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So I have. And how much like... did you buy it for? You bought it for thirty. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Yeah, these Neither Ravens. It's okay. You got to embrace it. Embrace the chaos. 
let's operate let's operate look let's let's give a little bit of fucking hope okay all right let's okay. let's stop pissing on our, on our listeners heads let's say two a place because i think we both agree uh reset plays there's no hope there okay he's a terrible quarterback the offense is league worst with him but you know so they have no hope against the race because lamar jackson is not tyrod taylor no he is not so. okay this is what they're facing Decent running game with some backup running backs, okay? Latavius Murray, Devonta Freeman, Le'Veon Bell, they're not as good as what they had before, okay? What they had before, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, that was much, much, much better. They lack in pass protection, but their offense scores points. Here's the rub and where a Tua-led offense could probably make this entertaining. Their pass rush is not that good. Their pass defense is absolutely horrific. They do stop the run, but we don't run it, so who cares? <laughs> right? right? So there is the formula here for entertainment if Tua plays. If Tua plays, what does it look like? And give me a score. Well, if I'm if I'm trying to give uh, Flores the benefit of the doubt, he just convinced everybody last week by sitting Tua and explaining why that you know Tua can't throw the deep ball right now and he can't so he can't he can't throw a deep that's why we're sitting him it's too you know it's it's too big an important part of our offense and yada yada um which I don't I don't fucking get because nobody's throwing the deep ball anyway even even Jacoby Brissett <laughs> what is it um yeah so yeah what is it at this point um what even is that uh but yeah so see he's convinced everybody of that and um and so now if Tua does end up playing, you know, then I would think that the Baltimore Ravens are not really respecting that that much, right? I mean, not only have the Dolphins been bad at it, like they don't even try it, um, but now you got a quarterback in the game who's got a broken finger who's, uh, who's who can't squeeze in on the deep ball and they're – you know, he just four days ago, he just didn't play in the game because he couldn't throw the deep ball. So you maybe maybe they dare the Dolphins to do that a little. And if that's the case, then this is where I would, you know, I would switch. They just talked about how Jalen Waddle is doing such a good job because he can play multiple of the wide receiver positions, you know, not just the slot. Right. Um, well, you know, make good on that. How about how about not play him in the slot? the entire game you know and and play him on the outside and shake him loose shake him loose for uh deep and and really you know go after it um they shouldn't be expecting that um reasonably they shouldn't be expecting that um but you know who knows um so if, if we're going to give them you know sort of mad genius credit maybe that's what they have in store but i suspect not so, if Tua plays, what's the score? I, I still, even if you know, it's hard not to be pessimistic at this point. But even if Tua plays, yeah. you know, I just, I just kind of, I just still kind of imagine getting housed by them, like something like twenty-eight, thirteen. Hmm. So their defense is going to play that well, even against Tua. No, our offense is just that bad. <laughs> Although with Tua, I don't know that there's. It's better. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he did yeah. score the four touchdowns uh, a couple weeks ago um, against the Falcons. So I guess you never know. I guess that's true. 
But. And and the Falcons, and I know everybody's like, everybody has you know visions of Marlon Humphrey dancing in their head and Ravens of old. Falcons have a better pass defense than the Ravens, believe it or not, mm. <laughs> as of right now. So they give up yardage, they give up points. If Tua plays, I think it's entertaining as hell. And let's say Ravens 31, Dolphins 27. Something like you know, that. you got a point though about Tua. You know, he's coming off. He didn't. He's coming off a game where he had to grit his teeth and bear not playing. Yeah. And um, I don't. He has and a bright tendency. Lights too. Bright lights. Thursday night yeah. football. The nation's watching. He sort of has a tendency, I think, to, you know, when when that happens, he comes back and he comes back pretty strong. So I think that's a fair point. All right. So. You only got one episode this week because it's a short week, but you got a really beefy one, okay? You're talking over an hour of us talking to a microphone. Uh, my co-host here, Chris Let's Hoffman. Let's be honest. They, they, tuned, they tuned out about a half hour ago. <laughs> Chris Kaufman thought, oh, we have nothing to talk about. I'm like, yeah, that's what you always say. And then we end up talking to a microphone for an hour. That's true. But that's it. There is no more. The next time we talk to you, who knows? Maybe they surprise us. They win two in a row. You know what that's called, uh, Chris, right? It's called the winning streak. It has happened before, to quote Major League. Can I, they pull I it for, off? I actually forgot what that's called because I can't. <laughs> I just can't imagine it at this point. Well, if they win that game, we'll talk about it on Monday. All right, let's. We will have things thing. to talk. If they win this game, we will have some things to fucking talk about because, and, and maybe I might even be a little bit more upset about the one and seven start, but um, yes, but yeah, I would be extremely, this, this would be a legitimate accomplishment. If they win this game, that is an accomplishment. You'd be like, wait a second. Have they turned it around? They played better against Buffalo for most of the game. Now they they won against the Houston Texans, and now all of a sudden they're beating the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday Night Football. What the fuck is going on here? You know that's mm. that is a legitimate question to be asking if that happens. I just think there's not a chance in hell it happens. Well, we shall see, and we will talk to you about it on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.